Hello, welcome to my fifth episode. I am Mary Borlusi and today's today's a very cold day. It's been a snowy week here in London, but I have to say I actually I actually love it very much. My daughter is here with me for the first time, watching every step of my recording process, and she's she's enjoying it very much. For those of you who are listening for the first time, welcome. And I would like to let you know this is a quote-unquote homemade podcast, so all background noises are very much expected. Thank you for your patience. And today's topic is about parents' expectations, and my guest is Valentina Pietrangeli. About a year ago, Valentina initiated a reconnecting journey because she felt she was living life as it came. So she started analyzing where she was coming from, in other words, her childhood, and that's when she became passionate about parents' expectations. In her journey of finding herself, she she found difficult to know where to start. So she decided to create a project called Trust the Rain with two other friends. And they created a Trust the Rain method to help other people who are in this process of finding themselves to organize their journey step by step. In this episode, we dive deep into the real meaning of parents' expectations and highlight important concepts such as unconscious parenting, self-awareness, parental disappointment, and fear of failure. Valentina also clarified very well my confusion regarding parents' expectations because the way I see it, placing high expectations on our children is actually positive and healthy. But the real question here is, when does it become negative? As parents, we don't want to be our children's best friend and just don't care at all about their chores. But on the other hand, we don't want to be this authoritarian parent who doesn't care about their needs or feelings. So Valentina explained how to find this, I will call it, sweet spot where our expectations are healthy, helpful, and not harmful. She talks as well about the consequences on our adult mental health when we have been brought up with high expectations. And she shares how she is managing and healing some of these consequences as a grown-up Before we listen to this amazing conversation, I want to share with you an affirmation I constantly repeat to my daughter, and it goes something like this. I love you unconditionally, and there's nothing you can ever do that would take away from that or add to that. So I hope you enjoy this episode, and here we go. Hi, Valen. How are you? Hi, Mary. I'm very good. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you because you were actually the one who told me to start a podcast. And I think this happened uh, exactly one year ago, just before the pandemic started. 
Am I right? <laughs> I cannot believe it was a year ago, to be honest. <laughs> yes, I think it was. It was, yes. So how yeah. are you and how are you coping during, during this lockdown here in London? I'm coping. I think I'm coping. There are days that are better than... Most days are good. Some days I'm just like, I've had it. I cannot deal with this any longer. That's it. Yes. I'm breaking free. But I think everyone's feeling the same. Like whenever I talk yes. to people, yeah. Totally, because it's been so long, you know? You know what I mean? It feels so long. Yeah, it's been so long. And also, I don't think we have a lot of options here in the UK for some reason. No. Compared to other places that maybe have a bit more freedom to do more outdoorsy stuff and more varied activities, I guess. But yeah. Yes, and it's so cold outside. It's so cold. Yeah, so. So, well, Valen, um, I... I would like to start actually talking about your exciting new project called Trust the Rain. So what is Trust the Rain? Yes. So I'm super excited about Trust the Rain. Trust <laughs> the Rain is a project I have been developing with two other friends, really good friends. And it, it started because we, we were all on the same journey of rediscovering ourselves, of finding ourselves, of understanding how finding a way to live more in the in the now than in the past or in the future um you know we all felt a bit lost in our lives in a way and we realized by you know through chatting just normal chats that we were all in the same journey Hmm. but we you know we were reading all the positivity books and all the self discovery books and doing our daily affirmations and <clears throat> listening to all the coaches and and the psychologists but we all had the same frustration with the process and it was that there's so much information out there about how to find yourself and how to improve how you feel about your life that we felt overwhelmed because even though there's a lot of information, there doesn't seem to be, or at least we never, none of us found like a, a process um, which we could just follow to understand how to reach that point. We just felt like the information was out there, but you didn't know where to start. You, you didn't know what the first step was. Uh, it just felt it just felt like everything was thrown in your way and, and there was no no sense or no method to it. So we set out, we got together, we created Trust the Rain, and we set out to create a method, Trust the Rain method, to organize all of this brilliant and amazing information that's out there, but in a way that works for us. And um, and then, then just, just talking about it, we came up with the name Trust the Rain um, because it's a, it's a metaphor that talks about how behind every crisis like crises are good because behind every crisis there's a, a big big lesson and a big learning that makes you change or 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 see things see new opportunities so that conception that crises are bad is actually a misconception and we thought you know what better name than to say you have to trust the rain because after the rain after the rain comes the the rainbow and after the rain the sun comes out and 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 also without the rain there wouldn't be any rivers there would be there wouldn't be any oceans there wouldn't be any trees there wouldn't be any life basically we couldn't live without the rain so you have to trust the process basically that's 
that's where the, the project comes from and the name comes from. I love the name. I really love the name. And well, I talk a lot about empathy and I think when you go through difficult situations in life, they, I mean, if we are, if we are going to see the bright side of things, I really think that difficult situations make you, they really make you a more empathic person. Definitely. Yes. And you were talking about you and your friends and, well, we are friends. And <laughs> every time we speak to each other or see each other, we share, we also share our experiences mm. and our our thoughts, our reflections, you know, our learnings. And I know um, this topic is is important to you, parents' expectations. And, I, and it was one of the things that also motivated you to start your project, yes. Trust the Rain. A hundred percent. Yes. So I would like to know more about you and your childhood and, and why, the reason why this topic is, is relevant to you. Well, through this rediscovery, this reconnection journey that started about a year and a half ago, I think I, I used to live my life in a very superficial way. And by that, I, I don't mean like in a in a vain way. I meant I, I, I wasn't really looking within. I wasn't really going inside myself and be true, being true to who I was or what I wanted. I was just taking life as it came. And then when situations happened and I and I was faced with this reality of having to reinvent myself I started to to analyze a lot about where I was coming from and I realized that a lot of the decisions that had driven me to my to that point in my life or, or where I was or who I was becoming was was because of the expectations that your parents have on you that shaped who during your childhood that without meaning to shape who you are and the mm. kind of decisions that you take. So, yeah. Yes, you're talking about discovering who you are, discovering yourself. And in other words, that's self-awareness. Totally. I wasn't aware of who... I, I didn't have any sort of self-awareness, to be completely honest. And I had not realized that up until that point, or up, actually up until very recently. Yes, and self-awareness, I mean, I've, I've been reading so much about self-awareness and parenting, and I gotta say that when I, when my daughter Barbara was born, I started to, to discover things about my personality I didn't before, and I think um, then I, well, I went through an experience um, with my therapist, When I was uh, talking with her, I, I don't know what I was saying exactly, but she asked me a question. She asked me, I wonder, I wonder if you put so much pressure on yourself in order to, to be the perfect mom. And oh my God, <laughs> the answer was, was yes, actually yes. And, and I didn't know that. No, I, I had not realized that until that moment. And when I was saying this to her, I, I also realized that it was not necessarily a bad thing to, to, 
to put uh, pressure on, on myself because this was a feature about my personality that, that I always had during my entire life that really helped me to accomplish things in life. So, but I, you know, I, I was, as I was saying this to her, I was like realizing more and more things. And, and I said to her, oh my God, I, I'm realizing right now that I don't want to transfer this to my daughter. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I don't want to, you know, by putting pressure on myself, I don't want her to feel that pressure I don't want her to feel that I'm putting pressure on her so I'm talking about this because I'm talking about self-awareness and you were talking about self-awareness and that's how important it is to know who you are to know why you are the way you are and why you do things in life so uh well I'm talking about parents expectations we are talking about parents expectations but from your point of view, Valen, you know, what, what's your understanding of parents' expectations? Well, Mary, typically uh, parental expectations refers to the desires, wishes, and goals that parents have formed uh, regarding their children's future attainment rather than what they realistically expect their children to achieve. And this is according by a psychologist called Sejener. Um, that's the, the definition, the, the, the professional definition. However, we can just define parental expectations as those dreams, hopes, and anticipations our parents have for us since the moment they know we're coming into this world. That's how early parental expectations start. As soon as they realize that they're, they're, they're waiting for a child, they're expecting, their expectations start forming in their minds. So the picture of these amazing, talented individuals we will be and the life they would like us to lead Expectations grow and evolve as we grow and evolve as well. And for most parents, we will be everything they could not be in this lifetime. So I think it's a, it's a projection. I think parental expectations are a projection of who they wish they could have been onto their children. Thing is, in an ideal world, our parents are two self-actualized, conscious people. They're balanced and fulfilled people who allow their kids to be seen and heard as the unique individuals they are. However, the reality is that we live in a culture that does not teach conscious awareness. And our culture does not teach us to look within that often. So most of us are born to unconscious parents who might not even know themselves very well. And this is really, yeah, do you want to say something? No, 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 continue. No, no, no. It's just that I was just going to add that this is not necessary. This is not our parents' fault. It's not about blaming them for, for our failures. But uh, it usually doesn't mean anything about who they are as people, that they have these expectations, or, you know, about how much they love their kids. At the end, they're just doing the best they could with their level of awareness and the information they had available to them. Yes, and I think, uh, Valen, our parents... You know, they were parenting back in the 80s. It was a completely, a completely different world. I mean, it's incredible how fast everything has changed. And nowadays, uh, society, just recently, I, I would say, I, I would say since the pandemic started, society is more open to discuss things like 
you know, emotional concepts and for, for instance, just the, the word anxiety, people were so used to feel so, so ashamed about admitting that they were suffering from anxiety, just to, just to mm -hmm. give you an example. That's true. So now we are seeing that people are talking more and more about their emotions And, uh, you know, it seems like people are really more interested in, in their learning and growing emotional path. And nowadays, um, there's, you know, there's this concept about conscious parenting, which I, I'm in love with <laughs> and and yes it's it's all about this conscious parenting movement is basically that is knowing yourself as an individual so you can know what you're bringing to your children you know our childhood is where the subconscious mind is formed it is also where we learn how to process our emotions and what relationships look like and how to hold boundaries and countless of other habits and behaviors. And when you see, when you have unconscious parents that are repeating the same habits and patterns that they've learned from their parents and who are operating from a space of their own unprocessed emotions, they can only guide us from their own level of awareness and their own self-healing and self-realization. Um, you know, we were born with specific strengths that we have, core strengths. And they are individuals to each of us. But how we're able to nourish these strengths depends on two things. One, so it's to own your intrinsic nature, to defend that point of view. And, and, and I believe that is the strongest factors. And our strengths were if our strengths were nurtured, how our strengths were nurtured by our parents during our lives drives that, that, that self-confidence that we have to, to find or to fight or to rebel against the society and, and fight, fight our own point of view. Um, and there are consequences that come from demanding parent expectations and how these manifest in our adult life. I don't know if you want to talk about it at this point. Yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> be my, be my so guest. About this topic <laughs> because... I think that when you, yes. you had a set of unconscious parents who did not know any better about how to nourish your own, your own core strengths and your own talents, this manifests in your adult life uh, in, in, in ways that I think we can all identify. So I, I follow this psychologist who I absolutely love. I identify with her so much. Her name is uh, Dr. La Perla. And she talks about how we, how does this, type of frustrations manifest in our adult life and the the list goes on something like this so for instance we can tell that we we need to work on ourselves and we had ex high demand and high expectation parents is you know when we act out when hurt when we feel frustrated or overwhelmed we act out the same way that we did as we did when we were children you know we we do we slam the doors we scream we We shut down or we stomp off. We don't want to face reality. And most of us, most of us probably acted like that when we were children. And most of us were not taught how to communicate effectively. I think that's a big, big thing. Because our parents didn't know how to communicate effectively. Mm. 
um, we also see our parents uh, as this all-knowing individuals. And even in our adult lives, we continue to seek in them and in others what our parents were not able to give us as, as children, which was that, that approval of who we are and acceptance of who we are intrinsically. Uh, we deny our reality and the reality of others. We think that what we what we see is what is, is what's really what's going on. We don't we don't have the ability to have perspective, and we're easily defensive. And uh, we have this childlike fantasies about romantic partner who rescue us, as we were taught by by the media as we grew up. You know that Prince Charming that came to rescue you from from all evil. Um, and that leads us to betray ourselves regularly to receive that love. We, we, we conform because we somehow we feel mm-hmm. that any type of love is better than no type of love. But we, what we don't know is that that love should start and should come from ourselves first. And we also compare ourselves a lot as grown-ups when we're not realized adults, when we are unconscious. And we constantly compare ourselves to others while feeling inferior so we compare ourselves not in the most positive life and the thing is that when you are realized when you're when you're self-conscious of who you are you stop comparing yourself to other people of course of course (laughs) of course i i I, it's funny because (laughs) i said that in my previous episode (laughs) Yes, because I said self I said self-awareness is the foundation of of yes, um, yes. self-confidence. It's it, yes, it is. So <laughs> that's why I'm laughing. I was talking before about this duality in my personality regarding putting pressure pressure on myself and I'm I'm wondering here if there's a duality as well in placing expectations on our children because I think it's a normal thing to expect things from 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 our children Uh, but the question here is when it becomes a negative thing, when it becomes unhealthy. Well, they do, yes, <laughs> they you do know say that expectation is the mm-hmm. root to all evil. But <laughs> I, I do agree with you. I mean, mm-hmm. there are expectations. There's a level of expectation that is positive and a level of expectation that is negative. And it's the balance of how much is too much that is hard to, 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 to trick a bit, right? Because expectations communicate to our children that we, what they do is important to us. That what they do matters. Of course. Mm. And these expectations that our children know that parents are involved in their lives, that they matter to us as much as, you know, we matter to ourselves. And this gives the children a profound sense of, of belonging. Our hopes for the future are inextricably linked to our hopes for their own future so our lives are linked gives them security and it gives them self-confidence that they do matter our expectations encourage our children's development and help our child forge a path in their abilities you know it lessens the number of overwhelming choices that they confront in their young minds we all know that making decisions is one of the most exhausting things so 
when parents have expectations of the children's it's like it, it creates a path for them that is easier to follow than having being a child and having to make your own decisions um however the professional consensus seems to be that parental expectations have a debilitating or shaming effect on children with emerging identities so that means that you know the, the the answer to the dilemma here lies in whether the expectations emerge out of the parents understanding to their child's unique interests tendencies and temperaments so we as parents when our fantasies about our children do not coincide with their interests their talents and their tendencies our expectations can be detrimental to their development they can be debilitating harmful and 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 strike or hit their self confidence. However, when these expectations are actually in line with the with our child's skills or their abilities and their innate core strengths, then it can have that powerful effect on them to guide them in the right path. Well, that's so powerful what you just <laughs> said. I love it. I really love it. I think, I think that's, that's the answer. That's the real answer. I mean, we have to, to reflect and, and do ourselves this question. Um, do our ex uh, expectations come from our own dreams or desires or even frustrations, or do they come from our connection with our children, with their personality, with their, um, Uh, interest so yes definitely that's that's very important what you just said that's de dealing with parents disappointment it, it's it's the core question here right because if the child doesn't feel like they're meeting their parents expectations they will feel disappointed but this is where it gets interested because that disappointment can be alleviated without having to compromise their child's identities or talents. If the, if the expectation is within the child's passion or set of skills, children can actually feel motivated to try harder when they, when they feel that they've disappointed their parents because they, they recognize that this skill is within them and, and they can do better. On the other hand, when what is expected is not amongst the talents of the child, the parental disappointment can be devastating. For, for example, when a child has no musical talent and yet it, he is expected to excel at music, you know, music school, conservatory education, child, the child will develop a chronic sense of, of low self-esteem because it just doesn't feel like he has the skills to, to make their parents proud. You know, a study in Germany analyzed a sample Of, of, of kids and, and, and found that unreasonable academic expectations, so expectations that are set too high, can be detrimental to the child's performance. So a, ch a child that under normal levels of expectations could do well when they feel that they, that they don't necessarily have those academic skills and yet their parents expect way too much from them, then they, they do even worse than they would normally do with normal expectation levels. Um, and the, the thing is, and it's delicate because when the parents' expectations directly contradict how children experience themselves, what they feel is their skill, children may start to hide parts of, for, uh, hide parts of their identity. They doubt themselves and they stop listening to their true nature and their intuition 
And they started assuming a false identity in order to satisfy their parents' expectations. So from a very early age, we are unconsciously taught to be someone who we are not in order to fulfill someone else's expectations beyond our own. I can give you a very personal example of that. And is that when I was a child, I wanted to dance ballet. However, my parents thought that modern dance was more appropriate for some reason. I guess they enjoyed modern dance more than ballet. And, um, and, <laughs> and so they put me in modern dance school. And um, it, that's not who I was. So, you know, I was in love with the delicate, graceful, soft movements to classical music and the elegance of a pink tutu. Um, but, but they thought that modern dance was best. So I had to conform, which basically ended up with me hating modern dance because I practiced it, I practiced it for five years without even without identifying to it and it put me completely off from modern dance and now I, I just don't like it but it's because it just helped me hide who I really was yes Valen and when you mentioned um disappointment I think this is a very deep topic and that can have severe consequences in our children's emotional well-being because as parents i'm sure we we behave many times in a very unconscious way we are not conscious about what we are doing and what we are saying to our kids and how this can make an impact on their mental health so sometimes it can happen that we are disappointed and our children they are very clever they oh, they yes. notice we're disappointed and the worst part here is that they don't stop loving mm -hmm. us they stop 100%. loving themselves talking about disappointment I think parents, what we fear is failure. And this is also a very interesting emotion, <laughs> failure, because we have yeah. to reframe this concept. And, you know, I'm doing this with my daughter. I, I chat a lot with her about failure and I'm teaching her to, to think about failure as not trying you know if we if you don't try it well that's that's the real failure and it's not about the outcome so that's a very important thing and if we are afraid of, of failure we are teaching our kids to be afraid as well and in order to achieve things in life <laughs> this is so important to you know to to, to change and this to mindset yeah and yes and go for it don't be afraid just don't be afraid and try it look at the amount of pressure that we put on children to succeed academically you know it impacts the development as individuals and uh, when they feel they're failing academically or they need to give more than they can actually give It just, it just puts them off from finding out what other talents they have. 
we know that parents tend to transfer their own expectations for their lives onto their children. They want their children to have the opportunities they didn't uh, have or they didn't that they had when they were children when they were children themselves. Or maybe as parents, we want to protect them from situations that we consider hurtful or, or dangerous. But these leads to overprotection or, you know, or series of, a series of imposed expectations on our children that often have very little to do with them as individuals. And the thing is, every time a parent does not approve on some of your individual traits as a child, your interests, your tastes, your talents, or your own personality, it only makes the child feel self-conscious about themselves and starts creating and forming in their minds this limiting belief that somehow they are not free to be who they are. And then they go on to develop as an adult with lots of insecurities. And, um, you know, that, that, that relationship that we created with our parents when we were growing up has a profound impact on who we are as adults. Because we do learn to hide parts of our identity. We learn to keep quiet and not speak up and not defend our points of view. You know, we don't stand up for what we believe. <clears throat> and we start doubting ourselves and we start listening to who we are. We disconnect and we create this false sense, this false identity that conforms to the social norm. And um, that kind of stress that children can have serious effects. And I want to mention the words of a, of a Polish educator that I really, really like and the way that she thinks I really identify with her. Her name is uh, Austeha Lasbergini. And she has, ha has had a couple of quotes that I think are quite relevant. And is that one of them is that children who are exposed to chronic stress are prone to mental problems such as anxiety, depression, and mood disorders later in life, as well as learning difficulties. And this is because of that environment that they grew up in. And truth is that parents don't want their kids to fail. And linked to what you're saying about failure, we don't want our kids to fail. But what is really, what is failure? Who defined that word? Who, I mean, was it society? Mm -hmm. uh, do we consider failure something is a failure based on our, our own limiting beliefs? Is it based on the way we were raised? As parents, we have to challenge ourselves and, and challenge this question. Ask yourself, what, what, are, what are your kids' expectations? That, ha that should be more important than what are your own expectations for them? What do they want? What, do, what are they like? What do they want for their lives? And from there, you have to manage your expectations while cultivating your child as an individual. We know that having expectations can be detrimental to the child's social and academic performance. But also, we also know that having too low expectations can then prevent your child from achieving their full potential because they have no guide. So you basically, as parents, have to raise your expectations gradually but give your children the challenging task within their mm -hmm. abilities. And that is, the, that is the balance. That is the trick. You get, yes, you, you, you have to expect the child, but in a gradual way, mm -hmm. based on what they can realistically achieve. And nowadays with uh, technology and social media, this uh, expectations thing is becoming more accentuated. I think social media in general has caused the parents to have even more expectations on their children. Um, 
you know, everything gets recorded for posterity and then everything is shared with everyone we know. And I think this has brought a new level <laughs> of expectations and demands to to the parents. And it, it, it can be unreasonable because most of what we see, it's, it's very curated. It's not real. So it only aggravates oh, and intensifies yes. that culture of comparison, which is so detrimental. Because not only are we comparing our children against other children, but we're comparing our parenting skills against other parenting skills, which seem perfect in an unrealistic world. Absolutely. So, Valen, we are coming to, to the end, and I would like to ask you, how do you manage in your adult life the emotional consequences of being brought up part of with high expectations right? and our job as adults and it's not easy and i think most people don't do it but i think as adults we need to we need to go down this path of realizing the effect our parents expectations had on us but we also need to come to a point where we stop blaming our parents and we start taking matters into our own hands and start fi fixing ourselves in a way you know we could we could sit down in anger resentment and disappointment and be the victims uh of our parents and blame them for everything that's gone wrong in our lives or we can just say okay this is what happened i realized that this this conduct or this reactions or this these personality traits that i don't like about myself came from this and this and other expectations and other experiences but It is now in my hands to reparent myself or to retrain myself, to teach myself and change those things that I don't like about my life and, and take them to a, to a different place. Um, you know, you cannot ask your parents to fix anything. What's done is done. So you can, only, you can only work on yourself now as an adult, as a conscious adult, and realize that there's lots of things that you can do to take your life in a different direction. And... Um, That doesn't mean that we stop talking to our parents at all. It just means that or we separate from whatever pressures, familiar pressures that were causing that, that, that reaction in us. It just means that we learn as adults to separate things and to accept things for what they are. And that doesn't mean compromise. It just means accepting reality and accepting your responsibility in working towards reparenting yourself. And um, Dr. La Perla has this, this really interesting method, which I've been following. It's, I think it's really been really successful for me on a personal level. And it consists on developing discipline, joy, emotional regulation, and self-care. Now, joy is my favorite part because it, joy is an emotional experience. And it's the product of a spontaneity of play of creativity or of being present you know is part of discovering joy in your life is, is learning how your own unique passions and interests is, is realizing who you are really reconnecting with that true self and um you know relearning who you who, I, i had to relearn who i was i had to learn me to get to know myself again but doing it from a point of from a perspective of joy which for me means to find something good and to enjoy everything that you're doing. Um, 
and also Dr. La Perla talks about five steps that can help you manage when you feel this this the situations in your life or this this emotions coming up in your life that you don't know how to handle. So the process goes like you when you when you feel overwhelmed, you breathe. That's part of the reparenting the reparent the reparenting process. Uh, you learn how to breathe. You know, it takes a couple of months to really learn how to breathe, but breathing is the life force. Is is what keeps us alive. So that's a really really important step and and incredibly something that most of us don't know how to do properly. And breathing controls our 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 nervous system and it controls our reactions and it can help us to calm down when we need to. The second the second step is to keep one small promise to yourself every day. It can be something really small, but keeping that one promise to yourself, it could be like drinking two liters of water every day. It doesn't matter what it is. It, it could be something that, that seems not important. However, keeping that promise lets you understand that you can do it. In a way, it, it makes you understand that unconsciously it makes you understand that you can you can confront and you can achieve anything that you set out to, even if it is one small promise every day. Well, Mary, just to close the, the topic, which I think has been such a great, interesting conversation, I just want to, I have like a few final remarks that I think is my conclusion of this whole parent expect expectations topic that I feel so passionate about. And the, the thing that I always say is that just be kind to your kids and think about how do you want your kids to remember you when they grow up? At the same time, I think we all expect a lot from our parents. And, you know, parents should be supported, loving and encouraging, and they should meet all of our physical and, and mental and emotional needs completely. They should nurture us and be patient and, and, and be tender. And in, in a perfect world, this is always the case. But in order for this to be true, our parents would have also had to be raised that way by that kind of parent. And I think we need to cut our parents a, a, bit of, a, a bit of leeway and understand that that's not how they, most of them grow up. And ultimately, none of us makes it to adulthood unscathed. You know, we all have, we all have things that happen to us and we misinterpret it when we were kids that that affected us in some way. And that's just part of being a human being. And always, always remember one thing. We can begin to meet our needs for validation, boundaries, self-care and acceptance that we didn't get from our parents, that we can do that ourselves. And no matter how you decide to handle your parents' failures when you were growing up, it is your responsibility to reparent yourself in a way that heals, restores and validates you as an adult. Your last words are so, so powerful. I couldn't agree more with you. When you mention self-parenting, I think there comes a point in our lives we should stop blaming our parents and we should start taking responsibility for our lives because I really think we, we sometimes go through life believing our parents should have taught us and given us everything, absolutely everything we needed. And I mean... Who can do that? That's impossible. So, of course, they made mistakes and we are making mistakes as well as parents. And I also, I mean, from my perspective, we, 
we are all bringing some kind of emotional scars from our childhood. This can be mild or this can be deep. But the thing is, um, uh, if, you, if, if we think our parents didn't have some emotional skills when, when, during our childhood, it's never too late to, to learn them. Um, so, so yes, thank you. Thank you for that, Valen. Valen, I would like to finish with, with five quick questions. And the first one is a movie that made you happy when you were a child. Oh, yes, I know. Yes, I, <laughs> I absolutely loved Mrs. Dotfire. Oh my gosh, I didn't expect that. <laughs> I too. loved it. And I love it. I'll give you another one. I used to play on, on, con, like on replay, like watch it all over again. Uh, a, sh a strawberry shortcake movie. <laughs> okay, next one. <laughs> I, I love that movie so much um, yes a song that made you happy when you were a child I absolutely loved um, I've had the time of my life time of my life by who used to sing that Bill Medley and Jennifer Warren <laughs> <laughs> me too I mean but not the song you know by, by itself but yeah. the movie scene <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, that's one of my favorite YouTube videos. <laughs> really? Really? With Patrick Swayze dancing? It is. That's fun. a classic. Wow. So, um, <laughs> a food that made you happy my when you were a child. Without a doubt. Mm. That was it. Okay. Okay, Valen. What is a happy childhood? Happy childhood is one where the kid can thrive and feel that he can be who he is, really, without any pressures, I think. What is your happiest childhood memory? I was in a summer camp and there was a mud bath, literally a mud bath, a huge pool with lots of mud and all of the kids from the summer camp are all in the in the mud bath, just throwing mud at each other. I think that's one of my favorite memories. <laughs> well, Valen, thank you very much. It's been a great conversation. Thank you so much, Mary, for having me. It's been, it's been really great chatting about this topic that we both feel so passionate about. So tell me, Valen, where can people find you and find well, Trust the Rain? Follow us on Instagram at Trust the Rain easy to find us and also we have a website coming up soon so hopefully we'll be seeing people come that way thank you valen thank you Mary. thank you valentina for joining me today and thank you all for listening i really have to say thank you because there are thousands of podcasts out there And I honestly don't take for granted that you decided to pick a happy childhood. So 
Thank you all again. And I guess I'll see you soon. Bye.